Billy Crystal used to say, it's the Oscars, Oscars, Oscars. Don't you miss him? I miss the old Billy. But we're going to have a special, very special episode today of Pop Life STL podcast because we have one of our very favorite people on with us today. The one, the only J.C. Corcoran. Thank God there's only one. <laughs> now, hey, Lynn, did you know Billy Crystal's doing previews on Broadway right now? Mr. Saturday Night's Buddy Young Jr. I know. And it is the score is by Jason Robert Brown, one of my favorites. And Babalu Mandel, you guys know him from the old great comedies. He's one of the he's one of the writers. writers. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. I was hoping to get there to see my son in late spring, but it's not going to work out this year. Interesting that they're doing that production that was based off uh, the idea of a failed movie. Mr. Yeah. Saturday Night, the movie did not do well at all. No. no. Uh, it, it laid an egg, as a matter of fact. That and the was, character wasn't that good either. No, that was in the days when Julie Warner was getting a lot of work, you know, because <laughs> she got Doc Hollywood and then she got mm -hmm. this movie, too. And I really liked her. I thought that she was, uh, you know, she was a tiny little thing. She was like this big, you know. But, uh, yeah, I liked her and I liked parts of the movie. But they, they're they doing a whole musical. Well, uh, look, Z Zucker, Abrams and Zucker made movies based off a failed television show. Which yeah. was Police Squad, fantastic turned, television turned into show. right, which turned into The Naked Gun. So I remember that was the buzz back then. It's like you're making a movie based off of the idea of a failed TV series, and they uh, recycled the same gags. Right, exactly. And it was they still were funny. funny. <laughs> it was oh, still funny, right? It's nothing was better than killing off the guest star in the first what 30 <laughs> seconds yeah that was just in the, credits. in the credits in the credits where they would all freeze like they used to do in those 70s sitcoms where they would freeze but that was a mechanical freeze they actually did freeze but the their plane. eyes would keep moving but, but in this they would just stop moving like they were frozen and they would run the credits that That's is hilarious. just oh my god that was just a, a show ahead of its time if you go on youtube you can see all the all the openings with the guest stars oh god yeah so thank god for that but yeah no i still have that vhs's of those shows because i'm just not going to give up that vhs don't know if i'll ever watch it wow wow but you still yeah. have a vhs wow yeah i'm, I'm impressed yeah. what else do you watch on that like 70s porn or what <laughs> no it's actually uh i don't i don't hardly ever watch anything but we still have one. Oh, you make so. your own okay all right <laughs> as it should be <laughs> all right so we're here to talk oscars which yes. is this weekend yes but uh we have to do <laughs> like me you really like me wow that, that that's that's a pretty good replica you have there let me just tell you something. My brother-in-law got this for me. This is illegal to have. This was manufactured in China, and uh, it is an abs. It is the replica. It is the actual statuette. Which um, they, if you go to like a Spencer's or something, there, there's yeah. something wrong with the arms. It's, it's not supposed to look like it. No, this is actually this is an actual Oscar. Uh, it's you know you, when people win this thing, they always grab it. They go, oh my oh, god, it's so it's heavy. This thing is like seven pounds. It's unbelievable. Um, I usually wear my 
kid gloves when I handle this thing, but I'll polish it later. But my wife came in the other day and she caught me polishing the Oscar, as a matter of fact. But that's a whole separate story. This is a but this is a replica. And um, yeah, it's a great conversation piece. So. Oh, only I've one person named Oscar has ever won an Oscar. And um, that, is, that is. Come on, JC. Oscar Hammerstein. Yes. Good All job. Right. The All second. Right. The second. Yeah. <laughs> now, if Oscar Isaac's ever uh, nominated, then he can be the second one. Well, I knew it wasn't Oscar Meyer. And <laughs> He's a I, wiener. I, I didn't think that it was Oscar Schindler. And so I just kept going. Yeah, no. You run job. out of Oscars after a while. You know, you start thinking to yourself, how many Oscars really are there? They, they, we've just named them all. Oscar right. Meyer, Oscar Schindler. Uh, Oscar uh, Isaac. Oscar. All right. All right. Go, go ahead. I dare you to come up with one more. You can't. There aren't any more famous Oscars. Oscar Sundquist. Sun well, Oscar Sundquist. The, there was Lee Oscar, who was in war. I think it was the was the harmonica player in war. I'm not really sure. Oh. But yeah. OK, this is uh, really pointless. You know, see, All this, right, is, what, this is what happens when you invite me on. OK, structure. we need well, structure. We're so then. excited. Structure. Well, we're so <laughs> We what? There's Carl's inner program director coming out. Structure, please. Yes. Well, we try to keep on script, but we often go There's off a of script. It. But know, well, a list. But we have so much to talk about today. Okay, so this is the 94th Oscars. When we were kids, it was like the biggest night in Hollywood, and it was April. And my grandmother would uh, a comment about the cleavage of the Hollywood starlets and just be appalled. And we would have so much fun. We'd have special snacks. And then it started. <laughs> complain about the cleavage. <laughs> yes. I can see a she, freckle. She would be like, Look at those. They're practically mm -hmm. fallen out. Right. Right. <laughs> yes. We still are my sisters and I still talk about that. But which is why mother, so many people watched back then, because yeah, that was all boobies, you had. Speaking of boobies and plastic surgery, in all seriousness, uh St. Louis last weekend lost a real character in uh um we had him on the air in the early 90s. I'm gonna say about <clears throat> 94, maybe. And this guy, this doctor from Creve Corps, at that point, at that point in 94, had done 22,000 boob jobs. Wow. Does that mean 11,000? 11,000. 11,000, you yeah, mean? Right, yeah, because Carl's taking him in pairs. There you go. There you go. Uh, nice job, Carl. I knew you'd there come you through. Wow. Dr. <laughs> Dr. Ellen Londy. And, you know, he was a, like he did esophageal cancer surgery and liver stuff and all this internal but stuff. That's not where he made his money. But in 1969, he was in Vietnam, Lynn. He's in Vietnam and the general comes to him and the general's daughter had just heard about this new procedure. And uh, and he said, yeah, yeah, I think I could do that. And he did it. The first one in 1969 comes back to St. Louis. And I mean, he must have done 40,000 of them or something. And uh, he passed away over the weekend. He was a great guy, by the way. He was a great guy. And I was explaining this to my daughter, who's 12, about the Oscars coming up and all this phoniness and all these gowns and women being sewn into their dresses. Do you even know what that means, Carl? You're, yeah. you're uh, Judy, Judy Greer, the cover of her book, it, it has her in a dress. And in the back, 
it's open. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, with like binder clips or something. Yes. You know? And they sew these women into their dresses. But I was like, you know, almost everybody you watch on TV probably has had some sort of work done at some point. And that includes all your local people as well. Yeah, and but let's in, and let's not yeah. discount the guys too, because there's some horrific, oh sure there's some horrific plastic surgery from celebs. Well, well right I, before we went on, we were talking about the Michael J. Fox movie Doc Hollywood. Uh, you know, and he played a a, a guy who just surgery. got out of medical school and was going to go out to Los Angeles, and his car breaks down in this you know bohunk little bum. I didn't say bohunk. What did I say bohunk for? That means something else. What was I trying to say, Carl? Podunk. 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 And it came out bohunk. Oh, God, I got to get my headphones fixed. Never mind. Just, just, let's just. So the, but, the words of Martin Dugan. Catch me, Randy. Something out. Ray Harbin, are you outraged? Go ahead. So I was actually looking at someone on television. I was talking to Sue Thomas yesterday, and I said, look. Below her nose, there are wrinkles. Above her nose, it is pristine. Yeah, yeah. And she said, I wonder how that happened. If you like, wanted to get oh, something Botox. fixed, Carl, just so yes. you're looking at yourself right now, okay, on the monitor. I, I can you see. You wanted see. to get something fixed. Would you ever get anything fixed? Uh, well, like if, uh, I'm a lot heavier than I was. You mean a lot? Well, but they can't really do anything about that. I guess they could staple your stomach. But is there any sort of... Uh, facial feature that you don't like i've always thought my eyebrows were too heavy okay but, but after 51 years it, I, I stuck with them so lynn they want to make you look like renee zellweger what what would you what oh, would you do you, know, you change anything no no mm -mm. You like everything the way it is yeah well you know but and for you sir uh, uh i broke my nose when i was 14 playing baseball fouled uh i was hitting fungos and i stuck out the bat in the foul there's a pretty good bump right here i probably take care of that um i don't like that uh the only thing i don't want to do is when i get old you know some you see some of these guys that they go by and they're stuck like this mm -hmm. whatever that thing is where it's like this <clears throat> yeah i don't want that i don't want that so. <laughs> If they could, I don't know if they plastic surgery can take care of that. Um, yeah, but almost everybody we see, everybody we watch on Sunday night probably has had something done. And had to spend the whole day getting ready for this. And it's L.A. time. So they're in massive traffic jams at like 3 p.m. Well, and no, the, the, the eight categories have to be there at two because they're going to film them early. That's right. That's right. Which is a controversy. Have you heard about this? They are saying that some of the people who win an Oscar on Sunday night will hold it upside down. And the sound, the sound presence. guys are going to be silent. Whoa. Okay. Now. So, well, but it's going to be a silent protest. I also think it's going to be more seamless than people think it is. Right. They're just going to edit. They're, it's all the time walking up and walking down. And the, oh, do I stand here to the, I think it's going to be actually more stream. It's, it's going to be like the Oscars are on a one hour tape delay and they cut out all the crap. Well, how I do you guys feel about this? Have, you know, as film critics and you guys do it much more full-time. I, I used to do this. I don't, I don't see every movie anymore, but I observe everything. You know, it used to be, you know, cause the ratings are just keep going down every year. It's worse and worse and worse. What is oh, it about? Yeah. 
about 10 million people watching now and it used to be like 28 million yeah but, you know the the oscar ceremony lynn used to be that place you were talking about it earlier about your mom and your grandmom and everything like that that's where you would tune in to see all these big stars that was the one night of year. you wanted you like john wayne like cary grant you know there you go that's where you'd watch they're all there in the same room well now you can't get away from the celebrity stuff. It's like you've got Bob Gowen stuck in your ear or something. <laughs> you can't hear anything else but Mary Hart, you know, yakking at you. Um, you know, the the they haven't done anything about the selection process. The, they're all the really sort of snooty movies. You can, if you make a great comedy, forget it. The Oscar people are not interested in your comedy. Um Free what guy I got nominated, though, for an Oscar, which it will not win. <laughs> well, what, the one the one thing I will say that they have done for the better is that it used to be the old rich white guys club. And now they have a far more diverse voting body, which is it's great. young, rich, white guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, Saw that one coming. Yeah, but, but, uh, but then they, they have added more people of color and more women, a lot more women, actually. It's better. It's still got a long way to go, but I oh, agree with yeah. you. Yeah. Well, now, I just but, think. But never, they, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, well, I was when when people win, they walk up to the microphone and they walk up to the microphone. They're in show business and they walk up like they've never seen a microphone before. <laughs> and they, and they all there. bend down. They all yeah, bend they down bend to it. Over. They don't have to bend down to it. Right. It's a you know what? You're in show business. This is the first microphone you've ever seen. And then, you know, these long, stupid speeches. If you're going to say. Oh, I, I want to thank my team, Bob, Wendy, Skyler, and all that. You don't even mention their last name, so it doesn't do anybody any good to do that. Because I could just say, my name is Skyler, uh, that he was talking about me. They don't even mention their last names. Uh, this whole idea of the hosting of the show also is silly. Because you watch now, they'll do the opening monologue. They're going to disappear for like 40 minutes. And Never then there are three of them. That. They each they're, they're all three of them are comedians. So they're all going to want to do seven minutes. Right. And, and, you know, it's sort of like the hosting job. Really, what it comes down to, to be honest, is the opening monologue. What are you going to do in the opening monologue? Because then after that, you're hardly seen after that. And, uh, you know, it's show business people putting on the worst show of the year. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Why is that? Few people have seen the movies that are nominated. And then you got that thing a couple of years ago where it's like in the winter, La La Land. Oh, no, wait a minute. No, it's not La La Land. What, what are you guys it's doing? Moonlight. You had one job, the crescendo, the, the climax of the entire show, and you screw it up. It was the wrong category. They gave them the wrong category. Warren Beatty screwed it up because Faye Dunaway knew something was wrong because she saw a name and a film. And Warren Beatty's like, well, let's just finish this up and grabbed it and just said, uh, it's La La Land. It was it wasn't. She once again, the women know what's going on. The guys just want to go home. It's, and I don't know. It's, I, it's, I don't know if that helps the ratings or hurts it, to be honest with you. If you've got some sort of controversy like that, all I'm saying is I'm not surprised for all of the reasons that I just gave you, I'm not surprised that the ratings go down. And until they figure out some way to represent this, repackage it or do something, I I, I just see the numbers. I'll, I'll go out on a limb and I'll say this will be the worst. This will be the worst year for the Oscars in history. Well, I think it's going to I think it's going to be better than last year because last year just sucked. 
right. Yes. Last year's show was so lackluster and it was just And they weird. didn't have a lot to work with as well. And no. they extended yeah. it another three months and yeah. you didn't know which movies were eligible because they went all the way to March. So it's possible to love movies as we all do and really look at the Oscar telecast and go, I, I don't know what you were expecting because your show stinks. Well, some people like the Independent Spirit Awards. Some people like the MTV Awards, but they think that they are more reflective of what people actually like. Well, yeah, I don't know about you. I like the SAG Awards. And I also, as the, I mean, the, the award itself was a joke, but the Golden Globes was <sighs> the best award show. The best, oh, yeah, the Golden show. Always been the best award show. The The award itself is a joke. It means nothing. And they're, they're getting exactly what they deserve, by the way. Right. Well, Ricky Gervais unhinged for three hours is fantastic. Was everybody <laughs> drinking? <laughs> and and when uh, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler hosted, those the were best. a couple of great years. And yeah, they're all drinking. And then they added TV. And then it was very celebratory because it was the first one. Well, now that I'm in the Critics' Choice Association, formerly the Broadcast Film Critics, um, I get to vote on the Critics' Choice. And we were hoping to take the 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 luster off the Golden Globes because they're so, so you're tarnished. Critics your critics choice and rotten tomatoes is that right yes, yes. that's pretty big stuff right well, there thank you I is there anybody else in st louis that has those uh um yeah well uh dan buffa does and uh there's a couple people in critics choice association mike spoise is in critics choice diane Mark baker Reardon. i'm diane baker diane carson and martha baker from kdhx and uh yeah so that's it um there's only like six people in rotten tomatoes it's really hard to get in i mean i have to put stuff hard. in prints jc that's the weird part oh, no 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 you can I do can, yeah i can use my ktrs reviews um if i don't because one of the things about Webster Kirkwood Times is Kent and I both will write a review, not always, you know, he'll do some and I'll do some, but if it's together, I can't post it on Rotten Tomatoes because he's not a member of Rotten Tomatoes. But what I, what I feel I represent, which I'm very proud of, and I worked really hard at this, is I'm an older female. And that's very rare because- And they don't make movies for you, people. No. <laughs> But, you know, the fact that I have some history and actually know movies before 1980. And so I feel like I have to, you know, represent. Well, th th no, whenever, whenever reminds me of the old radio show, by the way, sometimes I would say, Carl, go ahead. Do you want to say that? Go ahead. Say that. And then duck. <laughs> but the, 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 this no, that I was being facetious because every once in a while there's a movie for that kind of person and they make a big deal out of it. And then it's either really good or it's really awful. And they say, why don't they make more movies like this? And Lynn, please, uh, I got enough people who hate me. So please apologize to your bosses and the forces that be at the Webster Kirkwood times. Okay. Because I remember a long time ago, I said, you know, there is a very fine line between the delivery of the Webster Kirkwood times and littering. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Okay. But, well, before we offend times. anyone else, yes. <laughs> maybe we should look at some of these categories. There are yes, 27 and, of them. And uh, I just want to say we are talking about women. I want to just shout out here that uh, we have uh, we have some records that could be broken. So that will be fun to watch. There have what only are you talking been, about uh, records on Oscar. Well, night. Jane Campion wins. 
she's the first woman to be nominated twice. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then cinematography. There have only been two women nominated nominated in 94 years. Yeah, because Alec Baldwin has killed them all. <laughs> That's a that that one I appreciate. Oh, okay. And then if Ariana the Debose, if I'm moving on, if Ariana Debose wins, mm. uh, she will be the first. I don't know what to say now, is because they don't like Latinx. I don't know what to say, but the first woman of Hispanic descent. Yeah, how about that? Um, since Rita Marino and Rita, and it's going to be for the and same. And they played role. the same character, Anita. Yeah, and so, this will be the first time that this will be the third. If that does happen, this will be the third time that a character has been played by two different people. But this will be the first woman. If I can digress for a moment, and that's pretty much all I'm good for these days. Um, does everybody remember Lynn Carl? You're not old enough to remember this, but in the '60s, nope. The, the ABC primetime lineup was like a checkerboard thing. It had a different thing every night, not unlike the way it is now where you got a different thing every night. But, but back then, Thursday night, they used to have a thing called the movie of the week. Remember yeah. Mod, Mod Squad, I believe, was on Wednesday night, maybe Tuesday. You have, <clears throat> you know, I think other shows. it was shows. Wednesday. I'm but the, yeah, but then when they have, you know, name, Hayes, first name, Lee. Con. Still remember all that mod squad stuff. God, that I love Julie. Oh, my God. Rest in Peggy peace. Lipton. Oh, Rest my God. Peace. There are a couple of uh, episodes where she was wearing like hot pants or something. That and, Lynn's you know. mother or Lynn's grandmother would have been appalled. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I distinctly remember this. And I the reason I'm telling the story, because I didn't know this until just a couple of years ago. But there was a movie that I remember watching and uh, I don't know, just got hooked on this movie. And it was a and don't give this away yet, because you're going to probably know as soon as I start telling it. There was a movie where Dennis Weaver was being uh, uh, harassed by a guy in an 18 wheeler. And and it was like out in the desert and everything. It just seemed like everything that Dennis Wheeler, uh, Dennis Wheeler, Dennis Weaver did you know, there's the guy in the 18 wheeler again. And I remember you have to suspend your disbelief because think about it, Carl, you got a guy chasing you in an 18 wheeler. Shouldn't you be able to get away? But for whatever reason, he was not able to, the movie was called dual dual. And I didn't find out until just a couple of years ago that that movie was directed by a then very young Steven Spielberg. How did you not know that? I don't I, know. I knew that Just really got away from me somehow. You know? Because that's what when he directed Jaws, there was like the dual guy is doing Jaws. Yeah. See, and I guess I never really picked up on that. But, you know, that might have been that had to be like one of his very first movies. Yeah, I believe it was. It was. It was. Yeah. And then Sugarland Express and then Jaws. Well, uh, the uh, one of the cool th records for Steven Spielberg is with his nomination. He has now been nominated in every decade mm. since he's been working oh, 70s 80s 90s he's like thousands. the mini, like mini minoso of film <laughs> yeah just just tremendous and what he did with this west side story is is fantastic he's not going to win he has two but we all know about the saving private ryan shakespeare in love yeah thing which is will go down as one of the biggest upsets but to, yeah. okay so we're going to talk about 
Sunday night. Before you, before you continue, and I'm not kidding about this either, is that Bob Hope's house behind you, over your right shoulder? I don't know. I just went to I went to Hollywood, and she this stole is what it. I got. <laughs> this is what honest I to God, I think that might be Bob Hope's house there on that mountain. My favorite, my favorite uh, L.A. story, not the Steve Martin movie, but hmm. is if you you're driving down the Hollywood signs in front of you and there's there are all these yellow signs. This road will not take you to the Hollywood sign mm -hmm. uh, like on every one because there you really can't get there. You, right. It's a it's a closed off mountain. That's right. Yeah, well, uh, right there, Griffith Park. I've only been to L.A. a couple of times, but my sister does live there. And what is really fun is when she lived in San Diego, uh, I came out and I got tickets to The Tonight Show when Jay Leno was first uh, hosting. Hosting and, or, or doing the Monday night thing? No, he was he was. Oh, so he was he the was host. host. Okay. Yeah, he was just which this was 1995. He okay. just switched. So so I got us tickets. And uh, so we uh, were tooling around. <laughs> You know, that traffic is insane. Yeah. Um, and so you get out of a talk show at 630 it, it, because it tapes at 530. So it's bright. And this was when the OJ trial was going on. So we did an OJ trail like we went to all the sites <laughs> and we went to the restaurant and uh, we did all that. And we were driving yeah. around. And it's no different than a ghost tour that they, you know, like in New Orleans or Savannah, they do the same wow. thing. But yours was just a little more current. Right. And my sister had not been on the Walk of Fame. So we were doing that. And we got this hair like, oh, let's go up to the Hollywood sign. So we're going up to the Hollywood site. So we actually turned around in Madonna's driveway because I saw a picture of the house before. But I mean, you can't get in because it's gated and it has a sign, you know, like you can't come here. Hmm. But I, I That's was Madonna like, over my right shoulder, by the way. Here, let me go get her. I see her. This is like one of my favorite pictures. I have this mountain, sort of like Madonna has been for so long. There you go. There's my Madonna picture. There oh, wow. Uh, isn't that cool? Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna have that she, she almost still looks partly like that. Well, this was from like, you know, the 80s or something. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. All right, Lynn, do you want to start yes. top down or? Yeah, you what what do you want to do? I, I think I think you build your way up. Yeah, because you're well, the you're the only one that has seen any of these documentary shorts. <laughs> right. It, well, uh, uh, actually, I've seen three of them. I haven't made my way through all the shorts yet, but I have clear winners picked because I did see this movie long, long time ago during the CCA doc things, but it's called Queen of Basketball, and it's a delight, and I think that's going to win doc short. If it doesn't, it's going to be called Audible. About I know about that one. That's about the deaf football team. Yes. The Maryland school. school of the deaf. A lot of offsides calls. I'm just guessing. So well, it's called audible. So, okay. Yeah. But I do think queen of basketball is going to win. I, I mean, think, isn't Shaq a producer on that? Yeah. These are always the ones that are the ballot buster. These are the ones that nobody knows who they are and they guess they didn't and, see them. Right. All right. Then, then animated short. You like the Christmas one. Yes, JC, you have to watch this on, on Netflix. It's called Robin Robin. It is stop animation. They it's did, the it's the Wallace and Gromit people. They did felt needling. 
needling and the characters are all these uh, it's and it's uh it's a bird he, uh, this robin uh his egg was moved over and he is raised by mice he thinks he's a mouse and he has to be told he's a bird that can't fly <laughs> And, but it really is. It really is. You, you, you ever think about the kind of people who say we want to get into show business, we want to make movies, and we want to do stop animation? I mean, just think about that. Like a what, what kind of person do you have to be to say to yourself, "Yeah, I've got two years to move this thing one eighteenth of an inch, and then take a picture of it and string it all together." I mean. I don't want to say it's a lost art. You don't see too much of it anymore. That's for sure. Everybody... Leica has to sell off all the props from the previous movie to <laughs> make a new movie. Yeah. And, and they're also, you know, backed by Nike because that the Night son is in is in charge of Leica Studios. That helps. Well, so, Lynn, so yes. go ahead. So Robin Robin is on Netflix right now. It's 32 minutes. It's highly enjoyable. It might become a Christmas classic because it's set at Christmas. It has it has good voices. Richard E. Grant and uh i'm blanking now but it's very enjoyable and i love those aardvark people but that's what i'm betting on <laughs> so live live action short i'm sorry i didn't see any of them i hear that it's either going to be long goodbye or please hold please please hold is about the prison system and long goodbye is is uh, produced by riz ahmed and uh, features his music but it's about a pakistani uh family in london that gets uh i guess grabbed or searched or whatever it's talking about uh profiling okay they're all serious all five of them are serious as they have been in the past couple of years so. and they're all the message or protest or something that tugs at your heartstrings right all right so best visual effects this is this is the one where all the hits are, and then the big ten pole is gonna probably win. So that's Dune, Free Guy, No Time to Guy, uh, Shang Chi, and Spider Man. So this is the only Oscar nomination that Spider Man, the biggest movie of the last three yeah. years, is nominated for, and Dune's probably gonna win. I would think Dune's gonna win. I don't. I think it's theirs to lose. They are nominated for ten movies, and if they win, uh, even a fraction, you know, most of them, they will tie Cabaret as the film that won the most Oscars without winning Best Picture. Dune, Dune's gonna get a lot of technical awards, I would imagine. Yeah, I think. See, so. that's another thing. I could add that to my list. How does that happen? I mean, it happened with Driving Miss Daisy. You know, you had. Uh, Oscar nominations for both lead characters, even Dan Aykroyd got a nomination for Best Supporting Actress, and the the movie wins everything, and Bruce Beresford does not win for Best Director. So I guess what? The movie directed itself. Mm -hmm. Oh, that happens all the time. I do think, well, we'll talk about this later, but I do think this year, I think these are the most unpredictable Oscars, and if you think about it, there's so much prognosticating beforehand. There's so much. It's such a long award season. Another and problem. everybody, yep. and that's why Gold Derby is a site now, and all these sites. Uh, they have a senior editor at Variety that just covers awards, but it's always fun to see upsets. I mean, mm -hmm. even if it breaks your ballot, but I think this year there's so many too close to call races, but we'll see. Well, this one's not best sound, Belfast, Dune, No Time to Die, Power of the Dog, West Side Story. You'd think that the musical would win, but it's probably mm -hmm. going to be Dune again. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, w- I would think that uh, that's going to happen. And then production design. JC, can you tell people what production design is? Because that people, this is another bracket buster because people don't know what it is. My brother-in-law used to do that. He did it not so much for film, but for television commercials. If they say, okay, we're going to shoot this scene and it's got to be in a coach's office. Okay. You're shooting a scene of Ted Lasso. Okay. Well, somebody has to make that place look like a coach's office. Uh, you get an art director and a production designer. And so now the actors walk in and there you've got it. You've hey, got- it's, it's not a closet anymore. It's, it's right. an office. This is what people do. I think it's a great job, by the way, to have, you know, somebody says, okay, we need a coach's office. Okay. I can do that. You need some jerseys, get some lockers, do all that. Here you go. Hey, you mentioned Ted Lasso. Uh, Jason Sudeikis has a jersey on the wall with his wife's real name on it because, you know, they just wanted to make sure that it looked like a. And so he hung up a jersey and it has has his has Olivia Wilde's real last name on. Yeah, that's fun. I like stories like that where people, you know, bury little messages. Mm -hmm. Oh, like Seinfeld had Superman on in every episode of Seinfeld. Because he loves Superman. Uh, breast production design, Dune, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, Tragedy of Macbeth, West Side Story. Lynn, Tragedy of Macbeth, one of your favorite films of the year. Is there really production design? It was so sparse. That's the coolness of it. The way that they did it. No, the way the that way there that was they... no production. Des- the absence of production design is not an award. <laughs> well, I think it had all these angles and shadows because of the cinematography, but I liked the way they did it. It was cool. They took that one space and they made it very uh, interesting. Let's put it like that. But usually the movie like Dune Nightmare Alley. Well, Nightmare Alley, because Guillermo del Toro did such a weird job because this is a carnival a traveling carnival during the depression and it's really um, i didn't care for this movie uh, jc at all nightmare alley but the production based on a book and it's also it's a remake of another film oh the um it's so bleak just 100 percent bleak you know why because they kept the original ending of the book like in when they did in the 50s they had to change it because Oh, we can't have people see what the actual book said. So I think there's ways to make a good movie where everything is bleak, but very few people know how to do it. I've seen some real bad ones like that. I saw a Jeremy Irons movie back in the 80s that I can't even remember, but it was all shot like in Falklands or something and two hours and you're ready to just throw yourself in front of a bus after the movie. There's a way to do that, but people was that the mission? No, no, I'd have to look it up. But uh, I just remember in the review going, there's nothing wrong with the movie other than I don't think that's the reason that people go to the movies. <laughs> All right. Like film editing, people don't appreciate you need with the Batman being less than three hours and with another five minute scene that they just released this week, making it uh, three hours and three minutes. uh you can appreciate a good film editor. Don't look up. Painfully few movies have ever featured film editing, by the way, I can think of two cinema Paradiso, And the other one is modern romance with Albert Brooks. And Mm -hmm. they're in the editing bay and he's making suggestions on how to make the movie better. And Uh, the, the, the director's like, no, no, I don't want that. But cinema Paradiso, that, that is a fantastic ending. If you've never seen it. 
yeah. because well, I won't give it away in case you haven't seen it. Yeah, that no. would be uh, excellent advice. Not giving the ending <laughs> of that particular <laughs> from, movie from a thirty-year-old movie. I'm sorry. Yeah. Why don't you just- uh, <laughs> don't look up, which a lot of people say should have been edited a lot more. King Richard, Power of the Dog, and the two front runners are Dune and Tick Tick Boom. Tick Tick Lynn? Boom uh, was uh, fabulous. Uh, West Side Story won uh, the Critics' Choice the other night, and I don't understand why that's not nominated. But it's probably going to be Dune. I think Dune. That's going to be one of them. And and speaking of production, Diane, you said Dune. I agree, it's going to be Dune. Why but- do you think the original Dune uh, crashed and burned the way it did back in the eighties? I guess 80s, it was, it was yeah. incomprehensible. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it, it was oh, I was say 84 uh but alicia witt's a kid they want to bring some of these people back wow. as like they want to bring kyle mclaughlin kyle mclaughlin said he'd do it uh they haven't even introduced sting's character in part one so you can have a lot of people be sting's character in part two well mm. part two is going to come out october of 2023 all right, so, so we, we did see. we did all the uh, we did all the ones yeah. that uh, people are calling but, boring. But uh, getting back to production design, the the French Dispatch, oh, Wes Anderson, it. that should have won, and that guy is the same one, uh, Adam Stockhausen, that did uh, he did two movies this year. He did West Side Story and French Dispatch. French Dispatch nominated for nothing. Nothing. All right, make so up speaking, uh, speaking of design and production and all that, Carl, you were talking about that. Do you know how much this show is going to cost to produce just the whole event? So in other words, it starts, well, it's already started. They're laying out the red carpet and that sort of stuff. Now take a wild stab at the production cost of the entire ceremony, the whole thing. Uh, 12 mil. Lynn Benhouse. 24 mil. $42.9 million. Wow. Well, oh you heard about the gift God. bags. All the gift bags are worth a hundred K. Yeah. And yeah. includes a Lord or ladyship. There was a, Oh yeah. Uh, the one last year, the gift bag included an NFT of Chadwick Bozeman. That was worth the whole thing was somewhere $1.2 million. Yeah. You get to become, they give, they're doing this thing over in Scotland where you get like a 12 by 12 inch, piece of land so therefore you can call yourself a lord or a lady a landowner too. oh my god yes. well, that, that, that is to get celebs there to present and yeah. also to attend well unless not. unless of course you're the lead of an oscar nominated film but i i heard <laughs> but now she's I, going to present i Ziegler's going to present now i heard after the baftas disney didn't want her to go because she's starring in snow white for Disney Plus, the live version of the, and after the Baptist had a major outbreak, they said maybe we shouldn't invite her because we don't want to have to shut down production. Better which, ex- explain what the Baptists are because there's probably oh, people who don't that's know that. the the British Oscars, but it's right. film and television. Right. So I I like SAG. Right. Yeah. So it's it's they had it was a super spreader event. A lot of people got sick, and Disney did not want to get. Uh, their lead of Snow White, they didn't want her flying over from Europe to go to L.A. and then have to shut down production for a week. But now she's going after and she didn't try to do it. Someone just asked her what she was wearing. And she said, I'm going to be on the couch with my boyfriend. Oh, and by the way, uh, 
how much uh, presence of the Ukraine situation do you think we're going to see? I think we'll see a lot. What was uh, the original blue and yellow idea? flags? Yeah, uh, the original idea. I know that uh, Amy, Schumer. Amy Schumer pitched the idea of having the president of Ukraine as part Fantastic of the show. Fantastic idea. And they were like, nah, we're trying to get people's mind off of the problems in the world. It's like going to a baseball game, you know, you just just forget your troubles for three hours, you know, four. But four, I think five, I think uh, the producer uh, recently, the producer said, don't discount Zelensky out. Really? Oh, okay. because they got backlash on. Hey, that's a great idea. Why didn't you well, do he's it? A Give him the award for best sound editing. Nobody's going to know the difference anyhow. <laughs> well, yeah, let's get into some of the fun ones. Makeup and hairstyling coming to America. Cruella, Dune, House of Gucci, and Eyes of Tammy Faye. This is a wonderful category. I love this category. I think it's going to be. Yeah, well, Suicide Squad won. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be. Uh, Eyes of Tammy Faye, because I it's mean, it's about makeup. The whole really, movie is about makeup. Really. But uh, some people are <laughs> predicting coming to America because what they do what? with Arsenio Hall and Eddie Murphy, the barbershop. Yeah, but look. But they people. did that in 1983. It's the same thing. I know. I would really like to see Eyes of Tammy Faye because that was some work. You should see the list of credits for the hair people and the makeup people for that movie. In like a it's like a special visual effects from a blockbuster. <laughs> well, speaking of that, costume design, Cruella, Cyrano, Dune, Nightmare Alley, West Side Story. And the only reason that this category is here is for Cruella, because that is the best thing about that movie. The Did costumes. you see it? Did you see it, JC? I didn't see it. Sorry. Your oh, daughter well, did. Oh, she <laughs> Uh, there are some fashions that are so groundbreaking. It is by the same woman, Jenny Bevan or Bevins. I can't remember if it's, she's plural or thing, but she did the, she did the uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's also won an, another award, but her, she has a dress. That's like all these newspapers. <laughs> Yes. Oh, now th and, that that was a visual effect. That wasn't actual costuming. Yeah, but it's cool. Turns into it is. It is. Butter, moth. By the way, is it? And Lynn, you probably know the answer to this. Carl, I'd be surprised if you did. Are you supposed to change your outfit if you're a woman? Uh, change your outfit from the Oscar telecast to the after parties? Well, that's what they do. They all do that because they want to be comfy. Okay. Uh, I know they I take off their shoes. They take off their shoes. Yeah. Uh, by the way, did you know it costs money to get into that? Yeah. Well, I'd imagine the Elton John one for sure, because that's a charity. The Vanity Fair one. I get. See, that that's just it. I was like, I didn't know you had. They, they charge you money to get in. Do the studios pay? Eighty grand. Eighty grand a person to get into the Vanity Fair party. Wow. You got money to burn, man. Well, I I'd imagine the studios or the their agents pay it. So they can be seen. But yeah, I don't think, think Nicole Kidman's going to have her credit card out. No, Carl, I don't think Swipe. so. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Elton John, who is 75 today, uh, he his one is charity because he's, his is for uh, AIDS, AIDS research. He always does that and he always makes that. Yeah. All right. So let's go to uh, song and score. Song, Lynn, do you think uh, Lynn Manuel is going to get his EGOT? All right, so it's Be Alive, 
which is Beyonce and King Richard, the Encanto song, Dos Orundga. I don't know how to say it. Arigatos. Um, oh, it is, I know. I, oh, I, that means well, that's I Japanese, it isn't it? No, Domo I, I Arigatos, it Mr. Roboto. Ari, got it's, it's caterpillar in, uh, oh. in Spanish. Yeah. The, uh, and Down to Joy, which is Van Morrison from Belfast. Uh, somehow you do from Four Good Days, which, uh, oh, that's that Diane, is- Lynn, Lynn loves her some Diane Warren. And then uh, Billie Eilish and Phineas for No Time to Die. And we've had a string of Bond movies winning best song. Like what the last three Bond movies have won best song, and yeah. but but then there's also the EGOT thing about Lin Manuel. Well, it's the first song I could in give, Spanish. I could give myself echo on this. For your eyes only. <laughs> oh. only Thank you, Tina Easton. Oh, the uh, so uh, I think your it's your idea. Be, I think it's going to be Billie Eilish in Phineas O'Connor O'Connell O'Connell. But I would like he to just see, goes by Phineas in all caps. Thank you. I know. But I would <laughs> like to see. Uh, but when it's the real names, but what I would like to see Lynn manuel Miranda, because he's a freaking genius. And what a this year be the first had. one in all Spanish. If it yes, wins. that would be cool. And what a year he's had in Canto Vivo, Tick, Tick, Boom. And in the Heights, I mean, the man is just well, those were not all besides in Canto, those other three were not really wide seen. No, but I mean, the guy still wrote an incredible amount of of uh, music. Well, in the Heights, he wrote 20 years ago. I know, but he was in he was in <laughs> in the Heights. Right. And he uh uh, was Vivo is on Netflix and everybody should see it because that movie was totally ignored and it's wonderful. And there's a duet with uh, Gloria Estefan. That's just gorgeous. And I thought that might get nominated. One of Carl's and my favorite songs from the year from a terrible movie called The Net, but it's by the Sparks Brothers and it kicks off the movie with much promise because it's Marion Cotillard. And then it goes Adam down Driver. the shitter right after that. <laughs> and then it turns into this Awful. WTF, WTF movie that you're just like, what am I watching? And the See, kids are- this is the reason why I don't go to all the movies. No, because you know what, JC, a movie like Annette, you'd be like, you know what? I'm curious about that. And then you'd be mad at yourself for going afterwards. Mm. Yeah, but you can't. It's it the promise. Amazon. It's the promise of something that you're looking forward and then it, disappointing. How often do you walk out of movies? Never. Have I've you never, ever? I've never walked out of a movie. I've fallen asleep during one or two. <laughs> keep going <laughs> i uh have um uh, i mean when i didn't have to review things you, you know i have done that but i can't remember right now but a friend of mine used to always do that like we'd be at a movie he'd be oh let's go done I'd be like what do you mean i want to stay but now uh, we, used to have a, we used to have a famous reviewer in town well a couple of famous reviewers in town that used to leave early and that just bugs the crap out of me we also had a couple who would arrive late. That was a whole nother story. Yes. But, but uh, I was, uh, I remember Melanie Moon, lovely yeah. gal from Channel 11 News. Wasn't she a twin? 
She was a twin. She is she, a twin. Well, okay. yeah, she she's twin and her sister worked in Springfield and she worked in St. Louis. Exactly. So uh, they are they come from uh, some sort of a religious family. I believe that their father was a minister of some sort. Um, this is when Channel 11 was right over there in the central west end, which was very close to the movie theater. Well, it must have been. Huh? Yeah, the chase, the chase right there. So. As fate would have it, she's sitting next to me for the screening of Bad Santa. Oh, wow. So and she's religious <laughs> and she's I know where this story's going. <laughs> this is like when the old blue hairs went to go see Book of Mormon at the Fox. Right, 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 the, right. So after the, about the 31st reference to anal sex, she just got up and she said, I got to go. And that was the end. <laughs> and she just barreled out of the place. I always thought that was funny. Well, I, I, I can understand someone who is a fit. I, I understood the old the old women going leaving the Fox during Book of Mormon after the fuck God song. Um, mm -hmm. I yeah. when you go into something and you're not expecting it, that might pro provoke a reaction. <laughs> I never mm -hmm. understand people not knowing what they're going to see if they've paid for it. If you're a season ticket holder, oh, I'm That's going right. to see this new book of Mormon. That's exactly what it is. It's people who have no idea what they're seeing because they bought the package for the entire series. And they they it's a huge hit. It won best. You get that at the Two Hill. You get that everywhere. Yeah. Well, the the people sitting next to me at the Book of Mormon, uh, they uh didn't <clears throat> didn't clap. Uh, left before the curtain call. It's a brilliant piece of satire. Well, Lynn, but I'll tell you something else about that. And this is what I always use as the sort of explanation as to why movie critics are needed. Because think about it now. Average person sees about six movies a year. Now they get uh, a babysitter. They grab another couple. They go out and they have dinner. And now they get to the theater and uh, and they walk in and they find out the movie is sold out. Now they're standing there. They got their whole evening planned around what this to whole do, thing. what to do. And now they're standing up there looking at this, you know, 300 movies on the board up there. And they're just looking like those people at McDonald's that think that the menu on this side of the counter is going to be different than the menu on that side of the counter. It's a freaking hamburger. They're all priced the same. And they're standing there. And then somebody says, Hey, I was listening to that Lynn Van House. And she said such and such a movie was actually pretty good. Let's go see that. And that's how, you know, that's one of the ways that people who review movies can be relevant is because sometimes it's the second choice. And that answers your question about, you know, I can't understand how people go to a movie they don't know anything about. Well, sometimes you go to a movie because you happen to like the star. You know nothing about the movie. There's a lot of people. I'm like this. I, I sit down to... Uh, other critics they're all talking about everything that we're about to see i know nothing about the movie when i Which go sometimes in. is better i don't want to know anything you know why because i want to see the movie the way the audience is going to see the movie and if you are already hip to everything that you're about to see i think you see the movie differently as a critic than you do you're already seeing 150 movies a year lynn you probably saw more than that how much did you see this year 170 something <laughs> 170 movies right there i had that discussion with gene siskel and roger ebert before they passed away well of course it was before they passed away it wasn't you, told, you went to their graves and you said yeah. hey yeah and uh and, and th they were like you're absolutely right and it's just one of those things you can't do anything about 
I know I do try really hard to not read too much about a film yeah. before I go in and I don't read reviews ahead of time. And I, I try to do my review and then I'll read other things and then I'll be like, what? Right. You right. know, like, Oh, I must really, or you didn't know that. And you wish you would have known that before you wrote your review. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had known that. All right. Uh, best original score. Don't look up Dune and Canto parallel mothers and the power of the dog. It's going to be Hans Zimmer for Dune, but I would like to see Johnny Greenwood for Power of the Dog. I'm sorry that Johnny Greenwood did two movies. He's nominated twice this year, so he's probably going to cancel himself out. But I did not care for the a lot of the things I didn't care about Power of the Dog. But the soundtrack, everyone's like, oh, the soundtrack's great. I it did not much like the rest of the movie did not resonate with me. All right. Well, I and, did and not I will, for. Well, I will say I did listen to the music before I saw the movie. Yes, because and, Netflix flew out to Los Angeles. Well, but they also sent the music ahead of time. I get all the music ahead of time to listen to. But let me tell you, getting back to a song that Diane Warren. It's just no, like, no, we're not going. No, we're not going down no, this rabbit I'm just hole. Saying, she's so many now. She not she gets nominated for all these songs of movies nobody saw because she's Diane Warren and she writes the same damn song. She wrote Aerosmith's only number one hit. Oh my god! I don't want to miss a thing from Armageddon. I don't miss a thing. Wow. So let's get let's get to Lynn. Lynn is our doc expert. Ascension, Attica writing with fire and then the two that are fighting it out are going to be the animated flea which is a foreign animated movie with a message and then quest love summer of soul i think it's going to be summer of soul but i could see flea for the win because flea's nominated for foreign duck and cartoon and the best thing <laughs> you, is you called animated feature cartoon <laughs> I did. It's the Pee Wee Herman thing. <laughs> and I love that it's the best as a documentary. And so it could slip in there. It won the St. Louis Film Critics Association Award. But I think Questlove, what he did with Summer Soul and presented a time in history that I didn't know I anything about. Didn't know about. And uh, he did it so well and so beautiful. And he takes you to church with that music. And I just think uh it's maybe a, a good thing that he wins but we'll see ascension's very good it's about modern day china and attica is oh it'll make you so mad it's about the the uprising from the yeah. early 70s and just the conditions and it's just so very isn't powerful. that what they reference in dog day afternoon yes attica yes. attica absolutely yeah all right uh, so let's well, go ahead jason by the, by, by the way you know i was a little worried about my background because i'm in the process of tearing my office apart i've got crap laying around all over the place and then lynn has bob hope's house in the back plus the hollywood <laughs> side carl are you being held hostage what is I, the, I'm, in, I'm in i'm in an auxiliary i'm in an auxiliary studio right You're now. in storage b right <laughs> yes. now along with milton Yes, my stapler's missing, so I don't. You know, even all you had to do was pull that little piece of curtain there and reattach it to the top, and everything would look much nicer. But it's just hanging there, which is like why there this was, is like audio. There was a fight in the room right before we went on. Well, it was. Well, you could put that picture in the background of you with Bob Saget or you with uh, who's the other deceased person? <laughs> oh God, Louis Anderson. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All right. 
So let's now move on to another movie that or another uh, category that Flea is not going to win. Uh, <laughs> best international feature. Worst person in the world, which I liked. Uh, Lulana, new, Lu Nana, a yak in the classroom from Bhutan. Uh, Hand of God from Italy. Flea from Denmark. And the winner is Drive My Car from Japan. If you can get through it all three hours. Mm. Which and I is not yet. I just feel like I'm this stupid American <laughs> sometimes because I cannot get through this movie and everybody says, Oh, but wait till the end. <laughs> just, mm. It's three hours. This woman talks in a monotonous. I will say I started watching it way too late. And this woman talks in this monotonous voice and she's telling this really long story. And how do you know <laughs> the second hour isn't much more captivating? Well, that's what I'm hoping. So it's on HBO Max now. So I'm going to go dive in again and see. But I, the movie that I like the most of the international is A Hero. And it didn't get nominated. Wouldn't get nominated. So there. But The Worst Person in the World, it would be really fun if that won. Because it's so unusual. Norwegian. Different. Magic. All right. And another, another category that Flea is not going to win is Best Animated Feature. Three Disney movies. My favorite movie of the year and Flea. So you have Encanto, Luca, Raya and the Last Dragon, Flea, and then my favorite movie of last year, The Mitchells versus the Machines from Netflix. I really want Mitchells to win. A lot of people want Mitchells to win, but they believe the Encanto juggernaut is not going to be stopped. It's because Encanto has the number had the number one soundtrack in the world, and every single kid in America is singing "We Don't Talk About Bruno," and talk about an earworm that gets in your head. But I will say, uh, my head says Mitchell's, and my heart says Encanto, because just I believe you mean that the other way around. Maybe I don't know. I like both of them equally. I think this race is too close to call. Really? Animated features too close to call? <laughs> I know okay. because it's so powerful. Well, it's 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 uh, Chris Miller and Phil Lloyd for Lord. 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 Why did I just but they they produced names? it. They Mike Rando directed it. Right. Mike Rando. And he wanted to base it on his wacky family. And I love this family, the Mitchells. And they saved the world from a machine apocalypse. AI. And they have a female protagonist, which, yay, so does Encanto, Maribel, and uh, so does Rhea. And then uh, Luca. I love Luca. Have you seen that, JC? No, Luca, Luca has two boys. They happen to be fish. But it's so wonderful. And Jim Gaffigan and Maya Rudolph are the parents. Yeah, but Hello. and Maya Rudolph's the parents and the Mitchells as well. No. I know. She and Danny McBride. D Danny by the McBride. way, Victor, by the way, Victor came in here because he wants equal time. He heard us talking about the power of the dog. <laughs> ah, Victor. Well, well, let's let's speaking of power of the dog, let's go to something that it might win. Uh, best adapted screenplay, power of the dog, the lost daughter, Dune, drive my car, and the one I want to win, Coda. I think it's going to be an upset for Coda. I think Sean Hader, or uh, however she has the the Irish spelling of her name, S I A N. So I'm not sure how that's pronounced. But uh, I think the big mo is is uh, going for uh, Coda because she adapted a 2014 French film and actually hired deaf people this time. 
Right. And uh, every, everybody's just loving on this movie. I and- love Coda. It was my number one narrative film of last year. Right. Well, it was number four on my top 10 and I'm picking it for later, but uh, I don't know. It could be Jane Campion for Power of the Dog, but I think uh, I think if Coda's going to win, if Jane Campion's going to win director, then it right. is the first time we ever heard of Jane Campion, the piano, or did she do stuff before that? that she might have just- done stuff in New Zealand. Yeah, she, uh, the piano was her big breakout. She's been doing TV for the past 10 years. She did like that top of the lake and some other things. So this oh, is with her, Elizabeth Moss. Yeah, this is her coming Moss. back to move, you know, the movies. But she is one smart cookie. I don't know. You, got, I, you guys do interviews, too. I don't know, Carl, if you do a lot of the interviews. I know you set a lot of them up when. Uh, you don't seem to go on many junkets. Do you go on uh, those film junkets? Uh, uh, well, with the pandemic, not so much, but yeah. we do a lot of Zoom. But you didn't, you've done the Zoom ones. Yeah, yeah. I do the, a lot of Zoom. Uh, the reason JC. I bring it up, yeah, the reason I bring it up is because from my own selfish perspective, Scientologists are the greatest interviews. They really are. These people. Because they, they want to proselytize. Well, they lock. Out, well, before you even get to that. They lock on to you. You know, you're the only person in the world. They remember your name. They look at you. They're looking into your soul. You know, this is just, you mentioned Elizabeth Moss. I ran into her in the press box at Wrigley Field about four years ago. She was singing, take me out to the ball game, the seventh inning stretch. And I just went up to her and it's like, you know, big fan of your work, blah, 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 blah. Just drops everything and boom locks onto you nice conversation thanks you at the end okay with the picture every scientologist i've ever john travolta was like that you walk into the room you're like i'm with a big pretty fucking movie star here and this guy talks to you like you are the only person on earth so for again from and i think who was it uh, jenna elfman was another one so cruise I never interviewed Tom Cruise. They never, uh, they never let me in with him. Well, when you when you were trying to interview Tom Cruise, you had to sign all these documents saying what you will and won't do. And, I was and like, one of them is not ask about Scientology. Yeah, and, and it's like fuck you. I, 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 I'm not doing that. And so I never interviewed Tom Cruise because I, I, you know, the paperwork was too, uh, <laughs> too much. I would have written you the ticket, but I wouldn't have to do the paperwork. But, but while they are absolutely all out of their minds you know and i spend a good time of my uh, life in florida these days they're right down the street they're right down the street it is the spookiest thing in the world these big castles well, you know that, that huge building in uh university city yeah well yeah but it's um well that you know, documentary oh oh yeah yeah Oh, 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 yeah, right mm-hmm. but all of that stuff is uh but again from a selfish perspective they're great interviews, but then when the interview is done, run. Hey, I'd like to talk to you about Scientology. <laughs> no, yes. Thank you. Well, All right, uh, so yeah, best, nowadays best. we just get Zoom, but I did get to interview Jane Campion in person this year. Ooh, nice. Cool. Oh, because you were at because they flew you out to Los Angeles. Uh, best original screenplay, Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, and the worst person in the world. It, <laughs> The 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 money. It's a this is going to be a toss up. It's either going to be Kenneth Branagh for Belfast or PTA for Licorice Pizza. 
because people from L.A. love stories about L.A., even though it's about a rapist. And another white guy's childhood. Okay. So uh, Kenneth Branagh. But, hey, but so's Belfast. Yeah, but that's more about a war. Oh, that's an Irish person's. No, but a war affecting his whole family is different than people, uh, you know, having a waterbed store. Uh, so, so awful. Uh, well, okay. Rest of your life. <laughs> uh, speaking of interviewing celebrities, uh, they had a they had a thing for Belfast and Focus Features. One of the things was, uh, if you're not going to be there, uh, you want to send in a question. So I sent in a question for Sir. Two trains leave from Los Angeles, one going 40 miles an hour, the other one. (laughs) And uh, they ask it. They go, Lynn Venhouse from the Webster. Lynn Venhouse from the Webster. Is it really fun to be in show business? (laughs) You remember that one time? <laughs> remember that time that remember when you the Chris Farley show? show. Uh, and I will say so. Beatles? So that was I love that. I love that Chris Farley show. But that, uh, that was that was so cool because you don't get to ask them yourself. They mm. ask it for you. Like you said yeah. in the question, like I Aaron Sorkin answered one of my questions, and that was oh. and then um Lynn Manuel Miranda and Andrew Garfield. I sent them a question and uh, they asked that, but they, not and, every and time. They, and they answered it and they said, no, Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> but those are the so, ones. So it's cool though, but, but they don't let you ask them unless you're like way bigger than you, you know, if you're a TV person and you, well, get, yeah, cause you they get, have a camera crew the, there. You get to do the little five minute interview yourself but not me. I'm not that level. So they can have two cameras on you and you can go like <laughs> you're right star. <laughs> like, All right, um, we have the big like six William left. Hurt in Brad in uh, broadcast news. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We, we only had one camera. That's right. The late William Hurt. One of my favorite movies. All right. The big six. One of these is a actual lock. We actually think there is going to be a lock for best supporting actress. Uh, Ariana DeBose playing Anita in West Side Story. The other ones are Jesse Buckley, who we love, but not in The Lost Daughter. Uh, Judy Dench is great in Belfast. Kirsten Dunst in Power of the Dog, which everyone thought was a surprise. And uh, I, how do I say the mom's name from King Richards? She was great. That one, if it, if it was only for that one scene, she would win. But she's in the whole movie. Ingenue. Her name Ingenue is Ingenue Ellis. Ellis. And, she, uh, and that's one that the scene that they submit, and I guarantee the scene they're going to show on Sunday night, them fighting in the kitchen is a fantastic scene. Yes. But she's in the whole movie. And well, actually, she's really not in the whole movie, which is why it's called King Richard and not Venus and Serena's mom. Right. But there, she's very good. Uh, JC, did you see The Lost Daughter? I didn't see that, but I was looking at something here because uh, you had just talked about uh, about Coda. Uh, one of the little bits of information I have here, the number of best picture nominees that had the lowest budgets, but the highest rotten tomato ratings. And you're part of rotten tomatoes now too. One is drive my car. The other one is Coda. Hmm. Well, we're going to talk Coda right here because it, everyone thought that Cody Smith McGee was going to win power of the dog, but now Troy Coatser might win for Coda. Also, uh, Syrian Hines for Belfast, Jesse Plemons, Power of the Dog, and J.K. Simmons, who was fantastic in the lie that is being the Ricardos. 
because I it was Cody Smith Biggie all award season until he stopped winning. And Troy Kutzer, people have loved him on the award circuit, and he has he brings his interpreter with him, tells jokes. Yeah, and Lynn, if I could just before you go ahead and do your thing here, which we want to hear. Um, this is another thing though that's wrong with the Oscars. The it's idea last. Well, well, no, it, it used to be that everybody took their guess as to what was going to win. Now, how many times has there even been a surprise? We, I don't know how they're, whoever does the polling for the Oscar voting should do the polling for the presidential election. Because <laughs> they're pretty good. It's darn good. When's the last time there was a surprise? Well, yeah, moon, uh, moonlight, um, uh, moonlight. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the uh, I think when everybody thought Sylvester Stallone was going to win for Creed and then Mark Rylance, who's just a fabulous actor in uh, the the spy movie. What was that? Tom Hanks. Bridge spy? of Spies. Yeah. Bridge of Spies. But, so, but this is another another thing. Spielberg movie. When you start when you start talking about the idea of the Oscar telecast uh, and the ratings just declining and declining and declining. I think this is another reason why by the time the show hits the air, all the news stations, I can guarantee the today show and Willie Geist and everybody else that's on is going to tell you on Sunday morning who all the people are, they're going to win. And then they all win. It's like, what's the point of watching the show? You already, yeah, but also, the, also score the game is going to be before you walk into the stadium. Also 20, let's even say 20 years ago, 20 years ago, you wouldn't have the Today Show or CBS This Morning covering it because it was an ABC thing. And oh, ABC yeah. doesn't really have. I mean, now there's so much uh, murkiness of who owns what and who they all right. cover it. It's weird because, you know, you'd see like only a show like Entertainment Tonight would cover everybody. Yeah. Well, even though, even think, though, what do, you, what do you think the declining numbers of the Oscar telecast Um have in terms of an effect on Hollywood. You know, they always, you know, Hollywood's biggest night and all that sort of stuff. And if your show stinks and the ratings are on a steady decline over the last 20 years and there's no drama and all that stuff that I was critical of, I really think that that sort of dirties up your product a little bit. In this case, we're talking to the prop. The product is Hollywood. Well, we also have a streaming world and we have a social media world and we have people that uh, when when we were kids, it was the the big three networks. And now you have so many opportunities, so many choices. People aren't going to see these movies, as you pointed out. Uh, they all went to see uh, as they as uh, Megan Mullally and uh, Nick Offerman pointed out at the Spirit Awards. They're all going to see Spider-Man for the sixth time. Yeah. Yeah. And That's what the deal is. It's you're, you're not trying to make like a good movie that is both entertaining and artful in its own way. You're making something that is designed to get 15 year old boys to see it six times. And, and then the theaters themselves really have become value added candy salesmen, if you will, because, you know, movie theaters, you talk to the people that, the old people at Warenberg or something like that, they'll tell you they were breaking even or losing money on the actual showing of the film. The thing that put them over the top was the $11 popcorn and the $17 Coca-Cola. 
Yeah, well, we've had a pandemic, as you know, as we all know, and so that's affected movie going in. I think. Oh. <laughs> Is there a movie about it? <laughs> the Webster Kirkwood Times. <laughs> I redeemed myself. And uh, they, they, um, so it's behind a paywall, though. People all the time they ask me all the time about what's <laughs> on streaming because they want to stay home and watch it and not go to the theater. And so we have that. But if Coda wins, it's going to be the first streaming movie to win. Wow. Well, it's going to be. We'll we'll get there in a second. This one is the toss up because there is no clear winner for best actress. Kristen Stewart for Spencer was the front runner for a long time. Nicole Kidman might be the one with the weakest chance for being the Ricardos. Penelope Cruz in Parallel Mothers, Olivia Coleman in The Lost Daughter, and Jessica Chastain, who I think should have won 10 years ago for Zero Dark Thirty. I agree. Sure. Eyes of Tammy Faye. Yeah, they might be doing makeup on this one. What do you think uh, with with her? I, I don't know, Lynn. I think they're going to come back. I think there's a lot of people voting for her because of what Carl just said. I think so. She's well regarded. She's done some great. And work. she's I, when 10 years ago, I even said she should win to this because she's never going to be this great again. And I was wrong because mm. in Molly's game, she's fantastic as oh, well. Oh, I love that movie. And she is Tammy Faye Baker in this. But she is. And of, it's a sympathetic portrait. It really is. And she was, I thought pe- she was good. A lot of people are saying, Lynn, I know you'll hate this, that uh, Penelope Cruz, that all these white women are going to cut themselves out and it'll be Penelope Cruz. Yeah, mm. that's I keep hearing this rumbling that it's going to be Penelope Cruz. And I just I you mean, hated that movie. Well, I didn't hate it, but I don't like it. It's very strange. And uh, she's good. People are saying, oh, I've never seen her more vulnerable. And I'm like, I think it's just standard Penelope Cruz. She's but- been nominated for Oscars before. <laughs> And she's won. She won for Vicky Christina Supporter. Barcelona. Yeah. So, but we'll we'll see. And they make a cute couple. Her and her, her and Javier. Well, speaking of Javier, best actor Javier Bardem for being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch for Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield for Tick Tick Boom, Denzel for Tragedy of Macbeth, and the front runner is Will Smith for King Richard. I think he deserves Will Smith deserves to win based on his performance, but it's also going to be for his career. Cause let's face it. He's usually, he could have won for Ali. He could have, he could have won happiness. A lot of these other movies. I think JC's right. A lot of make goods in these. And here come the Scientologists again. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, uh, independence day and men in black and all that. No, no, but but I I actually was talking acting performances. Right. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying people like Will Smith, people like Will Smith. He's like the prom king of Hollywood. And uh, this is a great performance. He captures really good. Complimented. Mm. Yeah. Complicated guy. I even like the movie about the concussions in the NFL. The hell was that called? Uh, Uh, Can't think of it. Concussion. Concussion. There we go. That was the key word right there. Concussion. What was the movie about concussions again? (laughs) <laughs> it was best director PTA for licorice pizza, Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. Lynn, help me out. The director of drive my car. Oh, the Japanese person. You're on your own. I didn't look it up. Raisuki <laughs> Hamaguchi. That's Steven yeah. Spielberg for West Side Story. And our winner is probably Jane Champion or Campion, Campion. not champion, Campion for Power of the Dog, a movie that I did not get. 
I think it's artfully executed and thoughtfully done, but uh, people need patience to see it. And at first, when I saw it, I went, oh, at the end, because I went, oh, my God, that opening quote. And uh, should I do a spoiler alert or not? No, no, don't. That's that's the thing about that movie. And I don't I don't like it, but I appreciate what it did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's really it's not really a Western. It's really about toxic masculinity. The performances are brilliant. It is very subtle. It has a lot of subtext. It is what I like to call deliberately paced. Uh, People have no patience for it. People miss clues. You have to kind of go back and watch it again to see the clues. And I know we all agree you shouldn't have to see a movie second time to uh, get it. But (laughs) this one has so many elements. It's very, very artsy. No, I understood everything that was going on. I just didn't think it it didn't grab me. This movie and Belfast didn't grab me like it has grabbed other people. And and I don't and I don't hate it for uh, Sam Elliott reasons. I just didn't like the story. Well, I talked about this movie for like hours and therefore I came around to it. But I don't once think again, you... Netflix <laughs> flew you out to Los Angeles to see it. <laughs> Yeah, but so I, I do uh, think but I, I, her I, of doing something untoward. JC, but, you went on all these junkets. Do you wow. think that being wined and dined by Netflix would have any influence? It's not supposed to, but depends on who you are in the first place. Um, I knew reporters who it would have the opposite effect. It's like the harder they tried to woo you. Uh, the more your back went up and you're like, okay, they're trying too hard. It's like anything else. They're polishing the turd. Exactly. Exactly. I didn't let it uh, affect my judgment and I ended up paying for it because they They knew. They stopped asking you. (laughs) Yeah, they stopped asking me. And also my television station um, eliminated my position. I don't think Channel does that. Who's Dan Buff is doing television on Channel 5. He's doing two. Oh, he's doing two now. He's writing. He's writing for Channel 5's website, but he's How the on hell the air. How does that work? No one knows. So he's writing for Channel 5's website, but he's on the air on Channel 2's uh, backlot store. Okay. Show. So is five or four? Is anybody doing film criticism? No. Film reviews, entertainment reporting. So it, See, Dan, Dan was fight. doing it. Yeah. This is the fight that I used to get into with these people because I was would say to them, um, you know just say the Batman or Spider-Man said, you're going to have here in St. Louis, eh, roughly a hundred thousand people over the course of the next four days, the holiday weekend, about a hundred thousand people who are going to be in the theater watching this movie this weekend in what other situation, you know, you'll send a television camera crew down to the Grove on a Friday evening because they're doing some sort of a food festival that in the end, maybe 5,000 people will go to. But what other story affecting 100,000 people in this community would you ignore? And that includes the ignoring this. You get it. You get it out. You get Channel 5. You get all the major St. Louis stations in Rolla. They have theaters in Rolla and anywhere in between. Yeah. And and Cape, you it's huge reaching. And the fact that you're going to do a story on it Monday morning talking about how much money it made. So it, why be late exactly, to the party? Exactly. You know, that's that's actually going to be my question for the end of this whole thing. On Monday morning, 
What will people be talking about? What is the big story going to be? You can do it right now if you want. Lynn, I can tell you because we only have on one Monday. award left. Okay. On Monday morning, what's the big story? What's everybody going to be talking about? Uh, they will be talking about the dresses and they will be talking about if a presenter did something ridiculous. Like it's but, but right now, but right now, crash the party. Before any of this happens, you don't feel that there's any one compelling thing that's pulling you in one direction that's going to be a big story on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Carl. Yes, there will be there will be political outrage from either the right or the left on somebody's speech. I'll go with that. Yeah, I don't think watch somebody go up there and make an anti-Ukraine speech. (laughs) Somebody will get up there. And they can say, and then the deaf person will say, oh, that my interpreter got it wrong. (laughs) The deaf people will talk. The sign for Zelensky is the same as Putin. (laughs) All All right. right, So that leads us to best picture. Um, I will list all of them. Belfast, Dune, Power of the Dog, Coda, King Richard, Don't Look Up, Licorice Pizza, West Side Story, Drive My My Car, and Nightmare Alley. It is between Power of the Dog and Coda. And I would. uh, I think those are the three. Okay, fine. I'm with you, Lynn. I think think there may be more Belfast uh, activity on Sunday night than people think. Well, it probably will win Best Original Screenplay. Because because Br- Branna can still win by winning screenplay and th- the Oscars do that. You know, they think remember when George Clooney got up and said, oh, I guess I'm not winning best actor now. <laughs> well, he uh, uh, Branna is beloved and this is from his heart. This is his childhood memoir. And it's a uh, I watched it again and and just fell in love with it again. But that it's I not just... feel good like Coda, though. no. But I'm just saying uh, he, he is beloved and that's why he's probably going to win screenplay. He has. Sorry, I'm sorry, Lynn, you're being played off. Your speech <laughs> went too long. So. He's the first. Got a commercial already. Go. He's the no, uh, first if there's a moment person. like that, yeah. that they'll be talking about that. Why did they play off? Ariana DeBose. Of course, they played off Ariana DeBose and they let Jessica Chastain talk as long as she wanted. Yeah, people get so bent out of shape now. Nobody has filters and and everybody has an opinion and everybody's judgmental. So but I do think Kenneth Brand is the first person to be nominated in seven categories. So they got to throw wow. his bone. That, got, is it seven? Yes, they got to yeah. throw him. He's a director and a producer as well. And a writer. And he did a short movie. That's where he gets it besides that but carl carl remember when we played this on the show this is 21 seconds i know this is there's nothing visual to go with it so you just have to look at me but this is 21 seconds long this is something we put together a couple of years ago lynn you might remember this too here it is the nominees for best performance by an actor in a leading role are tom hanks in castaway tom hanks in gladiator (laughs) tom hanks in before night (laughs) falls Hanks in Pollock and Tom Hanks in Quills. <laughs> we had Gil Cates, the longtime director yes. of the Cast, uncle of Phoebe Cates. Yeah. And we played that for him at the beginning of the interview. And that sounded about he laughed for 10 minutes just just off that intro. He thought that was the funniest thing he ever heard. Well, Adele Dazim 
poor Travolta's never looking uh, that, uh, that uh, down. He, he's gonna uh, he's gonna present again. <laughs> I was like, did I hear wrong? Yeah, yeah. You know, what was that? You know, but, if I'm him, that's the first thing I go up there and I do. I I make some reference to Adele Dazima, uh, Dazima whatever the hell he said. Well, with uh, the, with uh, the go ahead. It's I I really want it to be Coda, but I think it's going to be Power of the Dog. Oh, you and want it to be Coda? Okay. I want it to be Coda. Right. I I love Coda. It's it's so good. I I really want it to win. Right. I, I think, think it's it is a good, be it's a great story. Yeah. I think it's going to be Coda because it's a feel good movie. People want a feel good movie. Hollywood wants a feel good movie because we have endured three years of a pandemic and we we also uh, the Ukraine Russian war and everybody's just tired of all this. It's just been a horribly long winter that Omicron variant surged and everything and so i just think of coda is everything wrapped up in a bow it's about family it's about love it's about coming of age it's about being torn between disability and your dream and your family obligations it's about connection but also it is about the power of music and let's not forget that because but carl said it carl said it what did you say carl about disability <laughs> disability. About disability you know Make a list of all the best picture winners or best actor, best actor. And man, if you got yourself a disability, you are on Oscar. You're on the Oscar trail. Let me tell you. So that's why, you know, I think your your predictions on here are probably accurate. And also, I I I think Apple's better than Netflix. <laughs> so if you're going to have the first streamer win best picture. You know, there's only one studio that has never won Best Picture, and that's Disney. And so they've never Disney has never won Best Picture. And hmm. once again, every time like last year, uh, Neon wins Best Picture. I'm like, oh, Disney doesn't get it again. No. So uh, now. No, it was a uh, uh, Fox Searchlight, wasn't it? Or no, no, that's no, Disney. It was, Neon. it was no focus. Nomadland's focus. Oh, features. I'm thinking two years, two years ago was Parasite. Two years ago was Parasite. That was Neon. So yeah, all these other studios that keep popping up. Neon's only been around for five years, and they won. They won in year four, and Disney's never won. So now a new studio, new two new studios pop up. A lot of people thought uh, uh, Netflix was going to win, like like Roma was going to win. I don't think Netflix is going to win. I think they're they're okay with Apple winning, not Netflix. Because there's politics. A lot of politics are involved. Right. Well, Roma was not well received by the public, but it was a critic starling and uh, the director won, Alphonse Curran won, and then uh, a green book won picture, but I wanted Black Klansman to win actually, but I think if it's Coda or Belfast, that's the feel good thing. If it's Power of the Dog, it's the prestige. I am okay. And, and the political people will go nuts. I'd like I to make a long range prediction oscar prediction this time next year we're going to be dealing with about 15 films having to do with ukraine or the pandemic and the pandemic uh well i suppose that too i'm actually surprised there's not one of those out already but they probably couldn't get the crew to be able to make the damn movie yeah well there's know. there's been uh, documentaries on it first wave and yeah so let me just uh throw this one in too Somebody, they went to the internet and they said, give a listing of all of the 
uh, activities or jobs that are a complete joke at this point. Models, number five. Now that everybody has a camera and a social media account, you can be a model if you put the right hair and makeup and lighting and you go on the internet, you make a YouTube video and you're a model. You don't need somebody to tell you I'm with such and such an agency. Number four, philosopher. That should speak for itself. Number three, chef. They used to have a lot of creative freedom, but now they just answer to managers and there's not a lot of creative freedom in the kitchens anymore because so many things are franchised and, and restaurants can't take chances anymore. Number two, travel agents because the internet and direct sites with the airlines and things like that. And number one, you want to say it with me? Critics. <laughs> it oh. says for things like entertainment and food, they have their opinions regarded highly in print, but now with the internet, they're basically just tossed in amongst everybody else. How does that make you feel, Carl? It's fine. I'm still on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay and uh one more trivia question how many roles of hold on let me just get this right here i had it right in front of me of film no no <laughs> how many roles of red carpet does it take to put out the red carpet, red carpet. going to the oscars i'm gonna say 220 220 roles yeah. Lynn house for 30 points and the game Oh, maybe one dollar. Uh, five hundred. Thirty. Thirty oh, rolls. Wow. Oh, damn it. See, she should have oh, taken one dollar. I was thinking in, in total. Feet. Feet. Eighteen guys, by the way. Eighteen guys putting down the red carpet. That seems all like... union too in there. Uh, yeah, right, right, right. And, and three of them like... are actually doing the work, and uh, the other fifteen no, are supervising. Going, put some tape on that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I was at the uh, daytime Emmys in 2019, and I was not allowed to walk the red carpet because I was just a guest. And huh? then, um, and then uh, for the Critics' Choice Association, we are not allowed to walk the red carpet. Or, and mm. it was actually a blue carpet, so it's. It's just fun to kind of because uh, they're saying critics blow. That's what they're saying. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the Critics your, Choice Awards. The critics, critics blow. blow. That's perfect. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. The only red carpet I think I've ever walked on was Planet Hollywood. Yeah, the grand opening of Planet Hollywood going down there on the landing. Yeah, I think that well, was it. In, in, in fairness, I will say in support of us, those that try hard um, and that can't be bought. I always say I can't be bought. Because I think it's my years in journalism. You know, yeah. you have a you have a background. in. Like media. I said earlier, it depends on who you are in the first place. Carl, you brought this up about a half an hour ago. I mean, you can, you can tell when you walk in the room who the pushovers are. You know who they are. They they feel that they're working for the studio. Right. You flew me out here. You put me in a hotel. You're giving me my $125 per diem. You're uh, letting me have access to all these people. Hey, and oh, and by the way, did I mention the food is fantastic. You see people taking shrimp and shoving <laughs> it in their pockets and in it's their like a cruise for the right <laughs> for the uh, plane ride back home. Because really, a lot of the critics and entertainment reporters, you're the low rung, you know, on the ladder at the TV station or at the newspaper, you don't make a lot of money. And so if somebody's going to give you free food, you're going to take it. You're not stupid. Mama didn't raise no fool. But uh, you can. Gene Shallot's birthday today, too. Gene Shallot is 96, I believe it is. Yeah. Still alive. Still alive. Wow. Wow. 
Wow. But no, there are those that are pushovers and gush and suck up and all that. But we know that in every field, you know, you got them in every right. field. Exactly. The, the you could find that you could find that in the Bush Stadium press box, too. Right. But what get free I like, food. And, and then you wonder who sold or sold to the devil. But mm-hmm. uh, there are those of us who really care. And then uh, you can, you have all this white noise. So how do you make choices? So I don't we, see color and noise. I just that was noise. a racial comment one, but uh, <laughs> you're going to be on Fox you're News tomorrow. Shame to be in a white person. Tucker Carlson's going to give you one of these. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's it's there's so much product, and you said you go to the internet. Go to the internet. I sound like I'm 80 years old. That internet, that Twitter, and is that still is, around? Who are these people? Film and Twitter. Who I don't, you know, it's like who are these people? Well, that's why you see the quotes. Uh, see the quotes on TV. You know, it used to be like so and so from the New York Times, the little quote movie of the year. You know, Pauline Kale or something like that, or 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 even like uh, the guy from Rolling Stone. I forget. Uh, I forget his name now. Uh, uh, the, the, Peter this, Travers. Peter Travers. That's the guy. You know, even a guy like that. Jeffrey Lyons, you know, you can look that, you know, you can learn a lot about what movies not to go see anything that Jeffrey Lyons recommended. You just say, okay, well, I'll stay away from that because he's one of the guys we're talking about who could be bought and sold. And that's just the way it is. But again, it goes back to what I was saying about 45 minutes ago is that, you know, part of your purpose could be for somebody who doesn't see a lot of movies gets to the theater this this, the thing is sold out the movie sold out now what do we do i heard carl the intern i heard lynn van house say that such and such a movie is is good let's go see that so i heard they say coda was good how come it's not up here oh because it's on my television at home it's on (laughs) apple tv we didn't have to do all this we didn't need a babysitter tonight we could have stayed home is that what you're saying yes yeah well Well, speaking of if you want to see the movie on a big screen all best picture nominees are being shown at the marcus theaters in st louis area till through sunday for five bucks so if you don't have apple plus and you haven't seen coda go to a marcus theater and you can see it on the big screen Here's my five dollars. I'd like to see all the movies, please. <laughs> Glenn Venhouse said so. No, no, it's five dollars <laughs> per movie, you idiot. Right. Please so so there's that opportunity nine. because so many people go to me. Well, I don't have Apple Plus. I don't have Amazon. I don't have you for know. fifty dollars. You can see all ten of them, <laughs> except for the Carl, fact that you don't have the time to do that. Carl did math. Uh, and another another thing in in coda's favor i think it has less detractors than the other ones all the other ones have detractors i think coda's like the it's like the the big mo you know how things shift like there's that glut at the end of the year uh everybody's doing the critics list all we're seeing eight zillion movies at the same time it's just really crazy we all make our you know we all turn in our ballots and then the award shows start happening January, February, and by the time then we start seeing clear cut winners and we start seeing this big momentum and things that were front runners fall off and then we'll see. But you never know till that envelope is open. Because you never know how people voted. I'm just disappointed that the Kurt and Brenda movie got nothing. You know, I just thought that that movie should have gotten best visual effects. And I'm not kidding either. That thing, Carl, you know, from being around the stadium as much mm-hmm. as you have been, 
what they did in terms of all that CGI stuff and the Didn't way they make Leonard not- Little white though. <laughs> I don't think that's true though. I do think it's true because it's. I saw it on Twitter several times and it was retweeted a lot a guy wearing they didn't because Leonard Little wasn't in the movie they had a guy wearing a little jersey and he was a white dude (laughs) details the end shoeless Joe was left-handed too (laughs) come on what are you gonna do the house was on the wrong side of the batter's box you have to have some creative license but you know I just thought that the uh the football scenes were oh Honest to God, very, very impressive. They shot that. And if you see the little featurette that's on the internet, you see how they did it. It's pretty amazing. And, you know, that I'm a half kidding here, of course. I, you know, that, that movie was not going to get anybody. Uh, I'm sure that the voting members of the Academy didn't even bother seeing that movie, but there was some for really, your consideration, right? <laughs> there was some really good, some of the best football footage I've ever seen in a sports movie. Okay, Lynn. Lynn there. enjoyed it very much. Yeah, I, I that football footage, if just for that alone, and the rest of the movie, yeah, best country line dancing, you know, sports movie, you know, and the the Oscar goes to the Oscar goes to. There we go. You're supposed to hold it upside down, Jason. I'm supposed to, but I'm not protesting. There you oh, go. Okay. Cool. All right. How should we wrap this up? Um. um how about with uh, an announcement? Hey, I want to hear this announcement. Can't give it to you yet. Oh, damn it. Tease. Have you a, are a tease. But I will have one uh, next week. I have a little visual aid here. Um, right now, I can be found there at jcmaline.com. I do my daily podcast, and we're going to be adding something. Let's just leave it at that. Ooh. I'll have the announcement next week. Well, exciting. I need a drum roll. I was going to start with a drum roll. Um, I would like to say, if you're not tired of awards, uh, the St. Louis Theater Circle, of which I am a founding member, we are having our ninth awards show on HEC Media on Monday night at seven. This is the Regional Professional Theater Awards. We didn't have one last year. So this is going to honor the sh- the productions that were in 2020 before the shutdown and then uh, 2021 when we resumed this summer and uh, uh, no surprise that the rep and the Muni are leading nominations, but the St. Louis Shakespeare Festival, a little company we've had Joe Hanrahan here. He got quite a few nominations good. and it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a fun celebration of local <laughs> artists and uh, your good friend, Lori Mack is nominated again for best actress. She John, is a, just real quickly. Cause we got a little, sorry sound about that. I got leaking sound. I'm sorry. We have, uh, she has two uh, uh, supporting actress awards already. She's so. nominated. Oh, no, no. She's already won twice. Right. But she's up for best actress this year for Annapurna, which she was fabulous. So I wanted to tell you that, but uh, it's, so uh, we give awards in uh, uh, 31 categories because we separate drama and comedy and musicals. Carl taught her everything she knows. Not and, a not a and, damn thing. She taught and me. And we're giving um, lifetime. Her birthday's next weekend. Uh-huh. That's true. Well, Monday night you can go to HEC's YouTube channel. You can go to their Facebook page, and you can go to their website and see them. It's at seven p.m. 
we, uh, uh, those of us members, we taped our nominations at uh, the studios. And then Rob Millam is going to announce the winners because I don't get privy to that information, but it's going to be fun. It's not going to be in person. We used to call the in-person one theater prom, but uh, we're just going to have to do it virtual this year. That's you only know. because you theater critics never went to your real proms. <laughs> I actually uh, did uh, go to mine with the with the nephew of Senator Dick Durbin. How about that? Okay. Everybody's got to be famous for something. I was going to say something really politically incorrect, and I <laughs> self-censored. I have self-censored. everything. You know, he was self-censoring fine, and then he had to go ahead and ruin everything. No, he's a physics. He's a physics professor at Purdue. Oh, who is probably going to lose to St. Peter's tonight. Yeah. And I doubt uh, it. Yeah. St. Well, Peter's is coming back to earth tonight. One <laughs> of those University of Chicago graduates. Mm. Okay. But anyway, I know right. everybody thinks we're a bunch of nerds and I were. I, and, you hey, know, I, okay. I'm very proud of the recently released Fox Hades Town coming and Frozen the Musical is coming. And Lynn, are you happy that? Uh, to Kill a Mockingbird is coming to the Fox. Yes, but it's it, it be, all depends on who they have as well. The it's it's going to be Richard Thomas, John. Boyd. Oh, John Boy. Oh, really? Yes, because uh, Je he took saw, he took over for Jeff Daniels. You ever had that I, thing I, cut out of his cheek, or is that still there? I think it actually like got lighter as he got older. Yeah, I it's still there. You just can't see it. He's in that Sandra Bullock movie that's on Netflix called Unforgivable, The Unforgivable. Uh, JC, I saw Jeff Daniel do it on um, uh, on Broadway. And on a street. Oh. On real quick. Um, um, so anyway, it was it was it, it's brilliant. And uh, one of the actors in it from Chicago, from Steppenwolf, he had gotten me um, house tickets you still have to pay because they were hugely expensive tickets but um i could they're hard they to get sold out. they were sold out so anyway uh i said well we'll we'll meet you at the stage door and we'll say hi and uh so i'm waiting at the stage door and it's pouring down rain it's mother's day 19 uh, 2019 and who pops out first jeff daniels so we were just a handful of people there so we were like well let's Let's talk to Jeff Daniels. So this is the story I said to him. I said, uh, we're from St. Louis. And he goes, St. Louis. And I go, I remember your story that you told on David Letterman about coming to Six Flags with your family. And he looks at me with these wide eyes and he goes, how do you, he goes, I did. He goes, how do you remember that? And I said, I just watched a lot of Dave. Yeah. <laughs> But well, that was the we had him in the studio. He was promoting a movie called Super Suckers. Carl, do you remember this thing? No. It was the most vile, disgusting, amateurish. Uh it, it made it made dumb and dumber look like Citizen Kane. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. It was about a like door-to-door -door vacuum cleaner salesman who the women, it turns out, are all buying the vacuum cleaner, not because it cleans the carpet particularly well. It's that there was something about the vibration of the machine that made the women like the vacuum cleaner. Oh, this is a movie, not a skit? This is a movie in a theater. And he came in and we were like, you were in terms of endearment. 
Okay. You are in the purple rose of Cairo. This movie, is this like a college friend or something? You just did it as a favor? I mean, what's the story? But he was a great guest. I got to tell you. And he's living the life too. Lynn, when he came out, you said he came out. Did he get out of his RV? Because he still basically lives in the RV a good portion of the time. Yeah. Well, he lives in Michigan. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, yeah, he's just, you know, he's living a great the life. Talk, he's, he's a great talk show guest, but what a great actor. That, to oh, kill a yeah. mockingbird you could have heard a pin drop and it was mm. three, it was three hours long celia um oh what's a keenan bulger won the tony but he lost the tony to brian cranston for network if you're gonna lose lose to a guy like brian cranston we interviewed him remember jc at the really end of malcolm in the middle and i asked him hey what is the name of the family and he said we don't know <laughs> but he he's like he was I in think... an episode of chips remember we were teasing him about the mm -hmm. fact that he was in chips and he uh he played he was with some actress and they played like some uh, uh country bumpkins who went to los angeles for the first time and just inexplicably they never explained it in the show just decided to go on a crime spree and as one does and start shooting up LA. And oh. it was like the dumbest thing ever. And he was really embarrassed, but he took it in good spirit. He was another great guest. Yeah. Well, I interviewed John O'Herlihy uh, for uh, he was coming to the Fox to play Billy Flynn in Chicago. And this is after he had been at uh, the, uh, the King in Spamalot at the Muni, the premiere. And so we're, we're doing this interview and he's just delightful. And he and he just, had to interrupt it to do an arch promo. No, oh, go ahead. He says he and Brian Cranston are best friends and they stood up at their weddings and they met each other on this soap opera called Loving on NBC. It was their, no, Loving was on ABC. OK, well, Loving. <laughs> Savant strikes again. <laughs> Woo. Yes loving and uh they would entertain the crew by uh doing these goofy dress rehearsals and uh they were but that's how they met and they're best friends i love those stuff so it was like what your best friends with brian cranston mm. yeah so what? that's why it connected see we're George Clooney's great friends with richard kind i mean weirder things have happened I love that. I love when people are friends from an early time, like Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, Toby Maguire and Don Rickles and Bob Newhart, for God's sakes. Right. You wouldn't you wouldn't think those personalities would gel. Yeah, not alike no. at all. I don't no. I don't even. But I, I would guess Bob would just let Don just keep going and then throw in a witty one liner at the very end of it. Well, people can't believe that you and I are friends. So there True. you go. All right. Well, Lynn, yes. before before we go, the other shows that are coming to the Fox Tootsie uh, uh, Ain't Too Proud to Beg, which is uh, the jukebox musical from The Temptations, uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, Wicked again for the 50,000th time. <laughs> and the one I'm looking it. the most forward to is six, which is about the six wives of Henry the Eighth. I thought you were going to say Frozen. Oh, yeah. I've said frozen at the beginning. That's not second true. verse. Same as the first. Uh, I am sorry, but my wife is really excited for frozen coming and I'm sure it's going to be just fine. What were you going to say about six you, before I interrupt? Marriage was going to be like. Didn't you, 
six. Oh, oh, six. I I've been looking forward to this because I remember like it opened and then it closed and then it came back. And I think, I think it's going to be fantastic. I'm looking. Carl is the living embodiment of the old Henny Youngman joke. It goes like this because I've been married for 20 years and people always ask me, how do you keep a marriage together for 20 years? And it's very simple twice a week, nice restaurant, Nice dinner, bottle of wine, little dancing, low lights. I go on Tuesday. She goes on Friday. Absolutely. (laughs) It's called a sleep divorce. We sleep in separate rooms so we don't keep each other awake all night. (laughs) Well, uh, when you were telling this thing about the fox, uh, did you see My Fair Lady? I did. I did see My Fair Lady. Well, it was the set was fantastic. (laughs) The set, no, it's an it's an old. Instead of doing all these productions, uh, projections like they've the last couple shows of the Fox, especially Mean Girls, and Dear Evan Hansen, all about the projection. This is an actual physical set that you never see on Broadway anymore, wow. or at the Fox. And it was it was good. I I mean the story is timeless, and you know it's Pygmalion, and the singing was great. But I was just impressed that they treated it like an old school musical like you would have seen 50 years ago which it is so there you go uh well to tie this all together like we're doing our six degrees of separation uh hades town won the tony for andre de shield he is up for a saint louis theater circle award on monday night because he did shakespeare in the park lear in shakespeare the park so he might be a front runner for our best actor so tune in and jc it's always a delight to see you so we can see you on uh jc you like me you really like me and again i would encourage people to just uh um watch my facebook page the showgram with jc corcoran or my website jc on the line.com we'll have an announcement next week and jc put up a we're JC. playing you off. Oh, but, but, but wait, wait. JC no, put up no. a picture. Go to commercial in five, four, three. And my parents and my teams. So the Oscars will be right back. And my gay teacher, like Tom Hanks did, and, and it became a movie in and out. JC put up a picture of me looking a uh, hundred pounds lighter. Two weeks oh, ago, on Facebook two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it was from the night. It was gotta be, it had to be like 91. Yeah. It was really early. Yeah. Yeah. And people were like, we were all that young once. And then Johnny's not even looking at the camera because he did not want his picture taken. Well, <laughs> Carl's wife put a picture of him with a goatee on. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> a friend of mine, a friend of mine said, Oh, it looks like you just smuggle yourself over the border <laughs> well, that's right oh, well, John always, looked like a terrorist from day one yes it's always such a delight to see you guys together and to the hear pleasure you being all. seen and, and once uh, again we set ourselves for an hour and we are right about at two two so, hours yeah yeah it's great well it's how much, it's, how much it's, am it's, i getting it's, for this <laughs> The same as we are. Well, let me check my uh, bag. You gave me a bag here, you know, Oscar. There's dirt in the bottom. So I guess I that's can, like land in Herculaneum or something. Okay. <laughs> I can give you a Bronco Henry handkerchief. You, <laughs> you are, you can now you call You're yourself reading my mind, Lynn, the Lord of Arnold. <laughs> and we can give you a half a half a, a deck of tarot cards from Nightmare Alley. You, how much of that? How much of that movie memorabilia crap that they give you 
do you hold on to? I threw out boxes and boxes and boxes of old stuff from radio stations and movies and things like that and held on to like the best 10 or 15%. Netflix loves to give oversized books. Oh, is that, that what it is? Coffee ta- Netflix loves oversized coffee table books that you can't put in your shelves, you can't put anywhere, so they're just like sticking out. Your coffee out. table collapses from the weight. Yeah. Well, no, because, you know, they have anything, five of them. Yeah, and anything that you've held on to, that a prized possession from a movie junket or something that somebody signed or just something, some piece of memorabilia like that? I have a couple tote bags that I keep because they're practical. <laughs> they're practical. What I was looking for, but that's all right. But yeah, yeah, but also that's that's something weird because like if you have something practical like that, a tote bag that you use as your shopping, it's not usually a good movie. It's like King Ralph. Yeah. Did I tell you I made a mistake of attempting to get onto an airplane with a bag that said lethal weapon on it? <gasps> True story. Oh, and I was like, wow. it's a movie. I keep they were, some of the books. They're going to stop me. But most. Uh, sir, you're bringing a lethal weapon on the movie. Yes. Exactly. Maybe, maybe they weren't Mel Gibson fans. Mm. That's but, hard to believe. Oh, man. Airplanes, you got you to gotta be so careful today. And JC on the line is where we can find out everything and jc's facebook page jc on the line.com and uh facebook the showgram with jc corcoran and uh, as i said i'll have an announcement most likely next week you can find me on twitter and instagram at underscore carl the intern 99 of all my tweets and instagram posts are me at the hockey game testing out the horn <laughs> you can yeah you can find where do we find you lynn all the socials uh, my Instagram one is woeful, though, so don't really pay attention there. Uh, and I'm on KTLS with Ray Hartman every Thursday night after 10 p.m. news. I am in the Webster Kirkwood Times with my colleague Kent Tenchert. I have my own website, poplifestl.com. And we have this podcast where you can hear us through SoundCloud, Apple, on stl.com. And it's we have a Facebook page, too. So, and then you can find me on Rotten Tomatoes as well. So that's, there you go. Happy movie. We knew you when. We knew you when you were just this. <laughs> little... when, when the tomatoes were fresh. When the tomatoes were fresh. Good point. You can enjoy the Oscars starting at 7 p.m. on ABC. Is that Sunday. correct? I, I believe I mean, the, I believe the pregame show on E started about an hour ago. And will end never. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Have a good weekend. Hope your brackets aren't busted any further. Bye. Bye.